Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. It's me, Doug. If you'd like to check out our podcast episodes live, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lowercase c slash mindgappodcast for the live stream there. We'd love to interact with you during the show. While you're there, it would mean the world to us if you would hit the like and subscribe button. This little act helps us grow and we'd appreciate your contribution. If you're still in the giving mood, head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give it a rating and a review. If you like a particular episode, video, or bit, share it around with your friends. Who knows? You may help another mind gapper find their way into our loving embrace. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Your subscription will give you access to early content, exclusive videos, special Discord privileges, and more. All right, that's enough for me. On with the show. Mind Gap Podcast. Everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And joining us this week is a very special guest. Uh, they were here before. I don't remember what episode, but it was a long time ago. Please welcome back the one and the only Beth Strandland. Hey. <laughs> welcome back. It's so nice to see you. I'm glad you're Good here. To see you. I'm very happy to be here. This is exciting. Uh, so. You know, we've got so much to get into tonight. We've got so many things to chat about. Uh, it's just, you know, we'll say it up top. Gang, we're going to be talking Stranger Things on this mm. on this episode. So if you have not caught up with Stranger Things, I mean, you can hang out if you want, if you don't care. But if you want, if you want to watch the latest season or any previous seasons, just know we're going to be talking about it. So we'll be diving deep into the shit. So, you know. We're talking season one. We're talking season two. Mm-hmm. We're talking season three. We're talking season four, part one. And two. About five. What a, yeah, and right. We're going to be given a lot of spoilers for season five. <laughs> yeah, because it's happening. Been in communication with the Duffers. Yeah, she knows. She's got on, their texts. She's in their yep. DMs. She's, <laughs> she's feeling it. She's rocking and rolling with it, which is super cool. Uh, but before we get started, let's get through a little bit of housekeeping, everyone's favorite. So, uh, first things first, come in close. Let's talk to me real quick here. Oh, Listen. there's the one shot. That's right. You're in it. You're in the one shot now. What's that? What's that? Doug's trying new things while he broadcasts live? Yeah. And will I fuck it up? Probably. And if you're listening to this, you're like, what are we talking about? Check us out on YouTube.com slash podcast. We stream live there on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central. I host a video game stream on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central. And plus, this is where we house all of our videos, all of our shorts, things of that nature. And you know what mean the world to us is if you hit the like button, if you like what you see here, hit the subscribe button so you can learn more from us. We are dangerously close to that 200 subscriber mark. Last I checked, we were just like two away. So support us. It costs you nothing. It's free. And we'd greatly appreciate it. And to everyone that has liked and subscribed, thank you very much. Thanks for hanging out with us and, uh, you know, keeping keeping the dream alive with that. Um, We appreciate you very much. And, uh, you know, if you like what we do there or you have thoughts about, you know, what we're chatting about, just leave a comment down below. Help the algorithm out. Help people know that, hey, we're engaging folk. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and if you'd like to contribute to us on the monetary side, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Also, check out our merch at redbubble.com. Just type in Mindgap Podcast in the search and find all the cool stuff that we've got there. And if you do subscribe to us on Patreon, you can be one of the cool people like Tom McIntyre, like oh. Richie Armour, like Zinni, like Sully Bartfast, like Almighty Crit, all the cool people that have contributed to our cause. We greatly appreciate it. If you like know to who my favorite Patreon is? Who's that? Patron is? Who's that? All of them. All of them. They're the greatest. Yes. They are the greatest of all time. And we appreciate all the people that are our patrons. Also, if you'd like to check out our Discord server, the link is in the description down below in the YouTube channel. Come join us. Hang out with us. Get to know the folks. Sign up for game nights. Hanging out. Shooting memes around. All that cool stuff. We appreciate it. So, that's housekeeping. Let's move on to the show. So, first of all, Beth, like I said, welcome back. We're glad to have you. you here. Thank you. Um, Beth, what have you been up to? I mean... I mean, it's been so long. I mean, just both like kind of silly since, you know, last time. But also, I just haven't talked to you in a while in, in real life. How you been? I'm doing well, enjoying life in uh, Grand Rapids here with Justin and Abby. Um, yeah, I, I'm loving all the nature here. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. so glad. Uh, I'm excited to, you know. Be making a trip up to uh, Grand Rapids very soon to see both y'all because uh, I'm ex- it's it's a long time coming. So we're gonna come see. I've y'all. been regaling yeah. Doug with stories of all the cool things we found up here. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pleasantly su- I'm surprised with how beautiful it is up here. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. I I love hearing the stories. I love hearing that there is you know a bakery, a local bakery, <laughs> that there is a uh, a shop. Ice- Ice cream. What? Hey, you left that out, Justin. <laughs> I did because Doug, I know it does. It conflicts with your health thing. <laughs> but I'm on vacation, brother. Right. Come on. That's true. That's true. As as uh, Beth's mom always used to say, "You're on vacation. The calories don't count." That's right. That's very true. So. All right. So, I, Doug, guess what? We found a really cool ice cream place up here. Ooh. What's your favorite piece of piece of ice cream? Because that's what you say. You get a piece of ice cream, right? <laughs> piece of ice cream? Yeah. What's your favorite piece of ice cream? I like their uh, cookies and cream, personally. Yeah. When they have it. Because they're yeah. a small batch place. So, when that's out, it may be out for a month. Oh, my God. What is this? Like a barbecue place? Like when they just... Yep. Ugh. It's All right. Not, actually, that's Beth's favorite is the barbecue ice cream. <sighs> Beth, yeah? No, no. Yeah. No, no. I would have to go with cookies and cream as well. It's hard to beat, honestly, cookies and cream. Like, that's a, that's a yeah. solid go-to. That and, like, cookie dough. Like, you can't yeah. you can't really oh. beat. Those are always strong go-tos. It's when you kind of get creative with the stuff. Like, uh, yeah. when I was up in Galena, there was a, um, what was it? It was, uh, oh, crap. It was, like, the the ones, it's, like, the, what are they, what are they called? They're the... They're like little dessert dishes that have almost like Rice Krispies, peanut butter, and chocolate on them. Rice Krispies, peanut butter, and chocolate. Yeah. They're uh, dessert dish? There's like, they're like a little dessert treat. They come in bars. You bake them. You can cut them into bars. I can't remember what they're Not called. Rice. Oh, wait, like uh, Scotcheroos? Scotcheroos. Yes, that's exactly what it was. They had yeah, a, a Scotcheroo. It, was, it is, yeah. They had a, they had a, um, a Scotcheroos flavor. Which was really, really cool. And it was, I'm like, I got to try that. And it was delicious. It had little Rice Krispie things in it. It was great. Oh, if they ever do that at this ice cream place, I am in trouble. I'm going to throw this away and just forget health altogether and 
Fit by 40 is going right out the window if they do a Scott <laughs> ice cream at this place. Of course. And that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Or is it just delicious? Maybe. But can't it be both? Can't it be both? Can't no. it be both? Indeed. <sighs> well, yeah. Beth, it's a real treat having you back here. I'm glad things are going well in Grand Rapids. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Uh, and hanging out with y'all and, and seeing the nature that you all have found. And, and not to mention also, got to say, the word BAMF came up over dinner tonight. What? Yeah. So. <gasps> this, what? Am I taking a trip to Cochran's? What? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you all doing next summer, but, uh, you know. That's that's oh that boy. that that came up in conversation oh over the dinner table. Oh boy! So do you see how physically excited she's getting right now? Yeah, right. She's she's pumped. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Hard time sitting in the seat there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I I heard such fantastic stories from you all, and uh, as we're getting you know more and more, um, you know we like to enjoy nature a little bit more too, and all that stuff. And and when we were in Galena, uh, where we were staying was you know. There wasn't a lot of light pollution, so we could really see the stars. And I was telling Natalie, I'm like, look at all those stars. I go, you know what I heard? I heard that up in a place called Banff, up in uh, up in old Canada, you can see the stars real well up over yonder. <laughs> and I was like, we have to take a trip up there. And she's like, cool. How long does it take to get there? I'm like, I have no idea. So, but it's like, a, it's like a four hour flight. Yep. Pretty quick. Yeah, but I, it depends on where you're driving to. Like it. <laughs> If you're hitting just the, the the Banff area, or if you want to hit up Jasper, which I strongly recommend too, mm-hmm. but that's a that's a haul. Yeah. Did you guys rent yeah. a car when you were up there? We, we did. did. Okay. They offered. They said you can either rent a compact or you can rent a moose. Moose. We said <laughs> compact. I, oh man, I think you missed out personally, yeah. but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's right. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Can I ask who who brought up Banff? Who do you think brought up Banff? I mean, was it just that? Was it just the star thing or was there something else? Or I had mentioned that to her when we were on our trip to Galena. But then yeah. um, we, Jill and I are kind of like, now that Natalie has her school schedule set up for the year, um, we were just sort of like planning out, okay, so like we know that she has this day's off, this these weeks off for Christmas. This is a spring break sort of situation. We're like, all right, so for spring break, we want to go somewhere warm. Uh, and then we'll probably, you know, j- her school goes until June. And then after June, um, you know, maybe you know, last week in June or something, we can go someplace like for like a trip. And Jill mentioned, you know, international or something. I was like, well, Canada is technically international. So, you know, maybe we could we could do that. That could be cool, you know. There, there is a city called Cochrane just outside of Calgary. Okay. Right. All right. Well, this, sounds this like a shitty place to go. Probably really practical. <laughs> probably <laughs> really just f- full of rage all the time, you know, and just, you know, probably somewhat creative. Probably really farty. Probably smells a lot like farts, you know. When you walk in, when you, when you drive into the town, you just hear... You know what? On repeat the whole time. That's what you're introed into. There's just these giant speakers, and that's what you hear just all the time. It's just a whole bunch of farts. I like it. I like it. 
Yeah. <sighs> well, I'm just saying, maybe okay. next summer. I'm feeling like the Cochrans and the Strandlands need to do a travel sh- a series together. Yeah. It needs to be us a travel show. where We, we have yet to travel together. I feel like that'd Disney. be a good one to do. And Disney. Yes, we should all yeah. do Disney together. I think that would be a real treat. So, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers, as they say <laughs> down yes, south. Say. I don't know. I don't know where they say it. But, anywho, glad uh, glad you're with us, Beth. So, um, let's get into it, right? Like, I brought this up to Justin a little while ago. I was like, hey, man. Well, first of all, I have been... I, I got to admit something like I kind of fell off the Stranger Things wagon. I uh, I originally watched season one and loved it. I watched season two and I was like, yeah, that was that was fine. And then when they announced season three, I was like, mm, I don't need to do this. I'm fine. And I totally skipped season three. I was like, eh, I'm good. No big deal. Yeah. And then um, when season four was rolling around. I'm like, eh, I mean, I didn't watch season three. I mean, I didn't watch a trailer for season four or anything. I knew nothing about it. I'm like, eh, whatever. But then everyone was like talking about it and like everyone was losing their minds. I'm like, ah, you know what? Why don't I, why don't I go back? I'll watch season three. Absolutely love season three. I was like, this show is phenomenal. And then, uh, you know, dove in to season four. So like I was, you know, all, all the way through up into it. And if I, if I heard correctly, you two have recently like gone back and rewatched like what the first season so far. First two. First we're two. In the season th- we're episode two, season three. Okay. <clears throat> Apparently. Um, right. So yeah, I will say this too. Beth and I were talking about this in the car yesterday and we were of the same mindset about season two as you were. Mm. And after rewatching it, Mm-hmm. I'd have to reconsider my stance on season two. Okay. Tell it me more. It was not as bad as I remembered it. And I think Beth, you feel the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I look that one bottle episode mm-hmm. with where she goes to Chicago mm-hmm. and meets eight. That one definitely is just, it's a little odd. It kind of stops the story and it, it, it feels weird. That being said, the rest of the season is, I, it's pretty good actually. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I think if you can get past that one episode. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember wh- how I felt. I don't know. I, I have, it's been a while since I watched it. I remember enjoying it. I remember because let me let me like so my risk, you know, I, I thought season two was very forgettable. Like, you know, especially mm-hmm. like miss. I watched season one, season two, didn't rewatch them and then just dove into season three. I remembered season. I actually watched season two one twice, so that one still stuck with me a lot. Yeah. Um, I watched season three without rewatching season two or having any of those recently, and I feel like I'm fine. Like I'm good. I know that uh, you know Samwise Gamgee died, and <laughs> by the demon dogs, and uh, I know that um, uh, you know uh, eleven you know, had an emo phase and left and they closed the portal. So like, those are all the things that I knew, like, you know, those are kind of the big three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Those are, those are the big, big, big three things that happened. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, that's cool. So I, well, you get introduced to Billy and Max. Right, 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 right. Billy and Max. That's, that's a good call. I forgot about that. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, it was fine. It was, it was a fine, fine season. Like it was, you know, wasn't terrible again it wasn't mad that i watched it but i didn't yeah. find it memorable and i wasn't looking forward to going back and rewatching it or anything like that so you know that's fair and 
I don't know. I, what would, I don't know what you would say, Beth, but I would say I, I don't think you need to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to rewatch it, I think you would be surprised at how how much you uh, how I don't want to say this. You don't dislike it as much as you remembered. You may it may not be your favorite season, but I think you would find it more pleasurable than not. Uh, but I don't think you need to rewatch it. I agree. I think I went wanted to go back to see if I missed something or some clue that would give me more information about where four season four ended. Okay. So I kind of went Did back. Did you find like, anything? Okay. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but my favorite thing watching this with her is that she Sorry. Favorite thing watching with her is that she's constantly something will move and she's like, was that Vecna? I'm like, Vecna Vecna wasn't. You're like every Marvel or Star Wars fan watching a trailer. You're you're just going through every single scene, just being like, pausing it frame by frame, being like, what's that? Or looking at the poster, like for Doctor Strange and being like, oh, is that Deadpool? Like, like season one, when when uh, when Jonathan took the photo of Barb by the thing, and you see the demogorgon in the corner mm-hmm. behind like Barb, Vecna. and Looks she's like, like that I'm like, no, that's that's the that's the monster that was introduced to us this season, the demogorgon. I was like, you keep in mind, you know more about this show than the Duffers. You you know more about it now than the Duffers did then. So. Vecna probably wasn't a thing that they were going to introduce to season. Actually, Justin, according to uh, online internet stuff, apparently the Duffers always had Vecna in mind when they made the show. Oh, interesting. Yes, they knew where the story was going. Mm-hmm. The nerd. Well, I saw some annoying short from uh, Screen Rant. I was like, I took the bait. And I, I I watched it. Oh, and, Screen Rant. God bless them. And they were like, "Did you? there's possibly... Vecna was in season one and they broke it down by saying that there was uh, you know, when Will is being chased by the creature, you yep. just see its outline and its outline just looks, the silhouette looks very similar to Vecna. And when same, what's that? Oh, sorry. No, same thing as that photo with Barb. Yeah. The photo, it looks like Vecna. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what else looks like Vecna? The Demogorgon. Yeah. Right. Without its, without its mouth open. But their but their point they made was that when Will goes into a shed, he locks it. You know, he puts the chain on. But then how does the Demogorgon get in, right? Well, the lock unlocks telekinetically. Right? Because they said whenever you see the Demogorgon, it's out there, you know, busting shit up, acting all feral and things like yeah. that. So but it doesn't have telekinesis, but you know who does? Vecna. So they're like, how'd the door get unlocked, you know? And why did it take, right? The demigorgons just eat people, right? They're not in the business of taking people, whereas Vecna doesn't either. But I don't know. This this (laughs) short kind of alluded to the fact that maybe maybe he does. I was like, listen, this kind of works, right? It kind of does. But at the same time, I'm also like, all right, guys, I think you're reaching here. I don't think Vecna was in season one. I think you guys are looking at all this sort of stuff. Listen, I think the telekinesis thing is a valid, valid thing, right? Because I think they can be alluding to Vecna. Sure. Um, Because, you know, demigorgons don't do that. Everything we see about them is pretty ultra violent. Although I would also argue that in season one, you know, the, the demigorgons are different. They are capturing people, right? They right. captured Barb, or is it because people are falling through? I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how that works. 
Um, but you know, well, are they taking? Because the idea, remember that he was eating that, uh, was it the deer or what? Remember when, uh, well, I don't know if you remember, but Nancy went into a tree. There was a gate in a tree mm -hmm. and she came across a Demogorgon who was feeding mm -hmm. and then she tried to. So I don't know if the Demogorgons are pulling things back into their world to then feed instead of just feeding in our world. Yeah. Yeah. That might be why. Yeah. So I, I'll give him credit. I'll give screen it away. That's the whole thing. That's fair, right? They're very willful. I will say that the unlocking of the door is that's suspect. Uh, that's suspect. It doesn't absolutely. It doesn't follow with the typical behavior of a demigorgon. So, right. but at the same time, I'm like, that's the first episode, and so if that is your one reach where it's like Vecta was in the first season, <laughs> it was right there. The whole time, no one we saw it. Now it's like, all right, guys. I think we're I think we're reaching a little bit here, just a little bit. Uh, but yes. hey, you know, God bless them. They want to try and make something out of nothing. Go, yeah. good for you all. I feel I feel prey to your trap. So, congrats. Touche, screen rant. You have a click from me. Congrats, you pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> but I kind of like to go through and just get like you know. First of all, up to season, you know, season one, season two, season three, heading into season four, how did you all feel about the show? Were you excited for season four? Were you neutral? Did you not care? Were you dreading it? What were, Beth, let's start with you. Like, what were, what were your feelings? I was excited to start season four. Um, I was curious to see where they were going to take the story and how, um, uh, yeah, I was just I'm very curious to see where they were going to take um, Eleven's story. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, I don't know, there's just so many characters now to follow. Mm -hmm. And how, and they're older now. And um, I don't know, I always, the other thing that I, I've been curious about is, um, do any of the other characters have hidden abilities like Eleven? So I'm curious to see, I was curious to see if that would be something that would be included in the story. Okay. Interesting. Justin, what about you? Uh, I was excited to go into this season uh, because I think they knocked it out of the park with the trailer. Okay. When they used Journey, uh, the Journey song, um, I thought I was like, this is, I don't think a, uh, a better music cue has been used in the trailer in a long time. Like that was like this, this has me very intrigued just tonally. I was like, this is dark and I like it because coming out of season three, that was so bright. It was the mall 80. Like it was mm -hmm. a little bit more like flashy. And this one, you were just like, yeah, this is dark. This is dark shit we're getting into. And I was, I was very curious to see how they leaned into more of the horror side. So mm. that's what, that's what had me jived about it. Mm, interesting. I didn't watch the trailer. I, I, I'm surprised you, you still haven't watched it. I think I went back and, and watched it now, but um, but I'd like I I'd seen all of it, so I didn't have as much of an impact. Which actually, I was like glad I didn't watch it because I went into this this season knowing absolutely nothing. I had no images. I'm a psycho. When I watch that stuff, it sticks in my brain. I move out all the important information, all the important stuff that I should know. You know, like yeah. people's birthdays. Yeah. You know, happy early birthday, Justin. Um, because I'm bad with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm terrible. I, so I, I move all that shit out of the way so I can be like, cool. You remember this one image from this trailer that you watched one time? It sticks there. It finds a spot and it sticks there. And 
for me, I'm glad I didn't watch it because that means that I um, everything was brand new. It was exciting. Yeah. I had I had the full Jared experience, where I could just watch it without knowing anything that was going to happen. No, nothing, no hints of anything. So everything was a surprise to me, which I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was really fun. Um, You've talked about doing that before too. Like, mm-hmm. and I know you and I have been like, yeah, Marvel Phase Four. We're not going to watch any trailers, and I think we both fell off the wagon on that real quick. Yeah, you know, I've I, I watched, you know, for some of this stuff, like I feel like, you know, for example, like Thor, um, I feel like I need to get a vibe check on some of it just to see. Um like I think I'll ch- I'll catch a teaser or something like that for especially nowadays, it depends on what it is, right? Like, um I feel like if me now was in the mid to end of uh phase three of Marvel, I would probably be better mm-hmm. because you know i know those properties you know if i now so now it's like listen i don't know she hulk i don't know miss marvel i don't you know like i don't know a lot of these characters so i'm like i need to you know see a trailer to get a vibe of what the show is all about and understand like what's this character what's it look like and, and things like that um you know, i was gonna go see thor love and thunder regardless and i watched the teaser i'm like that's good enough for me when we went to go see jurassic world dominion happened to catch the second trailer. I was like, well, there it is. Fortunately, it wasn't too much different. I just got a shot of, you know, gore a little bit to be like, all right, Christian Bale looks cool and whatnot. But yeah, I, I kind of like, I think this, it's good to use the trailers for what they are, is like getting a vibe of whether or not you'd like the movie. Yeah. But I think if I can see a teaser and I'm good, I'm like, that's cool. I don't need to see any more. I'm solid. Yeah. No more. I, I'd be curious to go into season four of Stranger Things not having seen the trailer. Beth, you you did watch the trailer, right? believe so yeah okay. it's been a while did you do you remember well you might not remember then did you remember having any strong feelings one way or the other uh i think the one thing that i wanted the one thing i wanted to know is is hopper okay mm. did hopper live <laughs> <laughs> i think that's where like <clears throat> pull on the heartstrings like did hopper make it yeah <laughs> did you really was there a legitimate uh concern that hopper was is loki back in yeah loki loki just busted in my door <laughs> anyway, yeah. Justin, continue. I'm going to go shut my door. Fair enough. Uh, no, was there was there a legitimate concern for you that Hopper was still that that was he was dead? Yeah, absolutely. You, you did not think like you thought legitimately like they may write his character off. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Which we can all agree would have been the right move, right? Well, yeah. I mean, even Millie Bobby Brown was saying that there was that they needed to start killing some of the characters off. So I thought, well, well, I mean, obviously she's saying that now, but um, she's pulling a Harrison Ford. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Please kill my character. <laughs> you need to start kill- killing characters off. Me. I think I was prepping myself very much like The Walking Dead when they killed off Glenn. Like he's such a spoiler alert. <laughs> so I thought was, they were kind of moving in that same direction of like, okay. Hopper's the the fan favorite, so there's a strong possibility that he's killed off. So right, I just don't feel like the Stranger Things has. I mean, it's a different show uh, tonally, but I also just, I mean, The Walking Dead in their heyday had balls. Like yeah. they they were like, eh, we don't care. Like we're gonna kill. They were they were killing off characters in season one. Yeah. Season one closed with uh, with a whole bunch of characters getting blown up in that CDC center. Yeah, a whole bunch of characters we don't give a shit about. <laughs> you might not, Doug, because you're heartless. 
I love that one character that I can't remember the name right now. Right? Yeah. Has See? nothing to do with that, though, Doug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> or Game of Thrones, you know, killing the characters off. I do. Th- I do agree that they need to start killing some characters off. But I, I don't know. I think I, I, I. Let's let's just jump into some of the pot plot points of season four. Then, I think a better death than Eddie. 100% would have been Hopper. I I would have been fine them bringing him back, but then him dying, getting out of the Russian prison. No, like saving, no, 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 saving no. someone. Because <laughs> again, I think, and I don't know if it was Doug, you and I were talking about it, but like what an emotional response Eleven could have had learning that, oh wait, my dad is alive. Oh wait, no, now he's really, like, like I feel like that could have really played with her psyche a little bit. That would have been a really awful thing to do to that character. Like, well, because I and think it, what 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 would have been interesting would be to put Winona Ryder's character in the position of whether or not she tells Eleven, and maybe that becomes uh, that becomes a big plot point. Friends don't lie. You know, moving forward, of is it something that maybe Hopper told? You know, Winona's character, something important. It's like, hey, make sure you tell Eleven this. And maybe in later on, there's a key moment where Eleven is trying to get her powers back or whatever. And, you know, whatever. Somehow Winona, like, relays it to him. And she's like, what do you mean? She has to make the decision. Because if she says it, it'll, you know, give her what she needs. But at a huge cost of she'll be like, wait, my dad was alive and then he died again? Like, she'd now have to carry that knowledge. That's just pretty mean to do to the character. Tell... He pulls her in as he's dying and goes, tell Eleven, there's a box of Eggos behind the frozen corn. <laughs> no! Yeah. Um, they might get freezer burn. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, I think Hopper should have died at the end of season three. That would have been fine. Um, I don't think they needed to have him survive. It seemed kind of a cheap thing to do. Because honestly, and I, I all the stuff in Russia, I felt like it was just a giant, like, energy suck from the show i i agree i wish the whole russia story russian story would kind of go away yeah i i don't i don't think it was necessary um mashable you you had sent us this article that mashable had a list of stuff that four fixes that they wanted to see in stranger things and one of them they were talking about having that uh the whole russia story and 11's backstory uh and in the nina tank being their own bottle episodes. And for those who don't know, a bottle episode is just kind of uh, a, an episode when there's a larger story arc to a season. A bottle episode is a self-contained one. A lot of times they do it in production to save costs because they'll, they'll, they'll make it in one location. And that's usually when they've gone over their budget for the season. Other times from a story perspective, they can use it to just consolidate a bit of uh, storyline that doesn't really fit anywhere else. And so I think it would have been great because like this article says they could have like, how cool would it be of like a, uh, like a prison escape espionage. They could have played with the, with theme. Like this could have been a genre episode where you see like a prison escape episode and it was real high intensity. And then 11s could have been more of like a, a character study kind of psyche diving into like, I think they could have had fun with those two things if, if they had consolidated them, but not run them through it as a thread throughout the whole, the whole season. Right. I yeah. I'd also add that, you know, these episodes were, I mean, in part one, were well over an hour. 
like mm-hmm. each one. So you dedicate an entire hour to those stories, get them out of the way. Yep. Um, I think that'd be good because um, I, first of all, I enjoyed, uh, you know, season four. I thought it was really good. I thought the first part, I hate to even say that. I mean, the first, what, nine episodes or how many there were. Um, first seven. Yeah. seven, I thought were really, really strong. I actually was kind of disappointed in the last two. Um, but really? as a whole, I liked it. I felt like the buildup was super strong. There didn't need to be a gap, a month long gap between those two. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a bullshit move. And the payoff for the weight, I didn't think was worth it personally. Um, and also, you know, everything that happened, you know, in Russia, especially in part two, just seemed like it floundered. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, did you know these guys are still in Russia? And, oh, I guess there's something we could have them do. We could have them <laughs> fight the Demogorgons in a Russian prison because somehow that matters. It's like, ah, or we could just have them go home, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that would be a better thing. Like, maybe, maybe, I don't know. It seemed just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was conflicted on some of that stuff as far as, like, how it went. The one thread that I did like connected with the Russian story or the rescue of Hopper was uh, Murray's. Uh, Murray's amazing. <laughs> I love Murray. Yeah, we yeah. could we could all and deal with Murray. Was, if they kill Murray, they're, they're fucking idiots. We revolt. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. Like at the start of season four, I didn't. I thought I didn't care about Murray, but once they were telling more of his story, I'm like, oh gosh, please don't kill him off. Like I yeah. really love Murray now. <laughs> yeah, he's very. He's a great. Like that, that actor is fantastic. He's such a great comedic yeah. actor. I remember him from the League, in an episode. What was he in the League? He played. It was an episode where uh, Kevin, Steve Renazizi's character, realizes that uh, he, his daughter is best friends with another girl. And, oh shit! And that girl's dad is uh, a guy that he prosecuted and went to prison and sent to prison. And uh, he's like, "Oh my god." My daughter's dad, best friend's dad, is a guy put away. It was very entertaining. He was very great in that. God about that episode. That's right. Yeah, it was really oh, good. That's funny. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. I'm curious, Beth. You were saying you wanted the Russian thing to go away. Were you? Do you mean like just in season four, like Hopper in prison in Russia, or just anything to do with the Russians? Like you just kind of want Russians out of this story. I mean, I I can see why it's a part of the story because it was such a part of the eighties, but I, I, I was, I just wish they would have found a way to kind of tighten up the story. It just felt like there was just too much emphasis on that part. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I think we can all agree too that. I mean, Hawkins at this point, um, when you look at the overall arcing story, it's like who, who would, you can't keep all this shit covered up, man. Like all the stuff that's happening, all the disappearances. Like, yeah, for them to, at least they kind of acknowledge it. Like we think Hawkins is cursed. It's like, yeah, man. I mean, the amount of government <laughs> officials that are so interested in this small Indiana town, like what the fuck, right. man? Like how many disasters are going to happen before people are like, wait a second. You know, like I understand it's the eighties and, and it's people, Indiana. It's Indiana, but still it's like, Jesus Christ. Like we're going to do anything about this. Like what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I do like the Russian storyline in season three, though. I like how it plays into uh, the whole mall story. That was pretty cool. I agree with you. Like, it was kind of neat to see that play out because I I don't. Yeah, it definitely was better season. I think part of the problem for me in season four is that there's so many moving parts. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got what's going on with Hopper and then 
also kind of connected to that is Murray and Winona Ryder's character, right? So you kind of got multiple stories right. there. You've got what's going out on the West Coast with right. um, Will and his brother. And then when Mike goes out there and then ultimately kind of separate from that and also kind of combined as Eleven and what she's going right. on with that stuff. But then you got what's going on in Hawkins. And within Hawkins, you've got, you know, all these other characters that have sort of their subplots moving yeah. and things like that. It's it's a lot to... I commend the Duffers and everyone that worked on this. Like It, it was a lot to manage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they managed it well, but it also felt unnecessary because I, it, right when I felt like the momentum was really moving, it's like, and now let's go to Russia. I'm like, come on. Right. No. <laughs> stay here. Please stay well, that's what, here. That's what I, I think I'd said that to you, Beth, where <laughs> you were like, after we watched the, the first episode, you're like, all right, so what do you think so far? I'm like, Honestly, I'm on the, the they could they could either win me or lose me on this ep, on this season because yeah. that there was just I feel I felt like episode one for sure. And even episode two just moved at such a breakneck speed. And I was I found myself and I'd like to think that I'm pretty good at following following a, a story that's told like that. But even I was just like, man, like this is where are we now and who's doing this? And I'm like, they're just they've got, you know. 10 different storylines going in one episode. Mm-hmm. This is insane. But then they ended up slowly merging and slowly bringing them together. And, and yeah. I think at the end of the day, yeah, they, they, it was, it was uh, organized chaos. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, so I commend them for that as well. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I think that, um, it's it was kind of tough for me. I think season, one of the tougher things for me with season two is that Mike was such a main character in season one, and then in season two he took like a pretty big backseat, and mm-hmm. he kind of has each time for some reason. For whatever reason, I'm like, yeah, but what? I feel like the West Coast stuff in season four just was, you know, again it's like, and they're driving. It felt like Lord of the Rings. It's like, and now they're walking, <laughs> and they're they're walking some more. <laughs> And they're on their way. They're in the van, and they're going. They're trying to find this place, and uh, they're going. And an you know, weed joke. Yeah, just there's like Lord of the Rings. There's a, there's a high guy, you know, who's talking about, whoa, <laughs> check this out, bro. We're gonna go and do this, man. And um, I don't know. It was. I, I found, like I said, first part of season four, I was like very into because I was like, where's this going? Like I was very yeah, invested right. in where it was going. I thought the reveal. I loved the episode that revealed who Vecna really was. I didn't see that coming at all until like five seconds. Bef- I was like, oh shit, that's Vecna. Like it finally dawned on me what was what and what had happened. And it took me a moment. Yeah, I was like, huh? <laughs> um, and I thought the lead up to that was fantastic. Like everything was going great. And then, you know, they're like, cool, we're going to take a month off. Then we're going to come back and you see part two. And then when I watched part two. I don't know what my expectations were, but it just, it felt, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it just felt like I guess kind of going back to what we're saying is that the, the really didn't seem like the stakes were that high. They did and they didn't in the sense of yeah. I was sitting there just going like, is anyone going to die? You know, like I feel like there should be more than one. Like Eddie dying was disappointing to me. Um, yeah. There was an article that we read uh, from the uh, Nerdist that said, you know, Stranger Things for death isn't noble nor necessary. And it really did a good job. It's written by Rodham Rusak, and they did a really good job talking about breaking down how Eddie's death was really kind of a missed opportunity because Eddie, to summarize the article, is that like Eddie is, is the other 
in this world, in this in this in this town. He is the leader of Hellfire Club for D and D. He's treated strangely. He's you know no one really likes him. He's the outsider. He sells drugs. You know he's a musician, which is weird because I feel like two of those three things should make him the cool guy. But I guess this is the eighties, <laughs> so it's different. Um, because he can play the guitar really well and Metallica, no like, less. Like you know, yeah. I feel like that should be his jam. Um, but I think, you know, th- that also talks about him being the other. He's blamed for this crime that he didn't commit. He is surviving, which is different than running away. They make the clear distinction of that in this article that Eddie is a survivor and he does what he needs to, to survive. And when he finally, you know, decides that he's going to sacrifice himself even before reading this article, that felt weird and forced to me because mm-hmm. it felt like he didn't necessarily need to do that. And it felt like his sacrifice was in vain because did he buy time? I don't, I don't know. It's debatable. Do you think he really bought time and, and saved the day? Cause when he's like, I'm going to go buy time. I'm like, you don't really need to like, yeah. I mean, how much longer did he hold off those bats? I mean, but I mean, I don't think they would have, and I don't, Beth, what do you, I don't know what you think about this, but I don't think they would have been able to get in the house. I think the bats were circling the house, and I don't know if those kids would have been able to get inside. Yeah, I'm having a memory lapse with that part of the story because they were <clears throat> they were distracting them over in the trailer park. For, okay, so oh. playing Master of Puppets and stuff like that, and then they were fending them off at the trailer, and right. then like they were starting to come through, and then they were going to run back into the other dimension. That's right. But then he he stayed, but then he ran out and like had them chase him and stuff like that. And then he fought him off. So I guess he bought a few more minutes, but, um, I feel like him making the decision to do that. I don't know. It just felt empty. It didn't have, it didn't have the impact for me that, Oh, you were saying when he ran out of the trailer to save Dustin, rat, not when he was playing the guitar solo. Yeah, guitar solo was awesome, fantastic, oh, okay. incredible. I thought, yeah, I'm I sorry. Thought I'm like, he bought time by pulling yeah, the He literally <laughs> played Master of Puppets. Like, it's one of the most memorable <laughs> scenes of the show. Like, no. I'm talking about, like, when he runs out, confused. he gets on his bike and rides yeah. away. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I kind of knew in that moment, I'm like, oh, he's going to die. But I'm like, yeah. this isn't going to have the impact <laughs> that, you know, I, I, I want it to have, you know? What did you guys think about that? Well, well, I don't know if this is along the same lines, but or even looking too far into it, I do think Eddie's death was shown very well artistically because I feel like him being uh, killed by the bats is very similar to the amount of um, criticism and judgment he would have handled from Hawkins if he if he would have survived. Like there was no way out for him. Like literally, like yeah. I think he would have been. Um, I think he would have been killed or murdered um, if he would have made it out of the upside down. Like the people of Hawkins would have swarmed him. Yeah, just like the bats. Yeah. Did. So yeah. yeah. Either way, he saw the same demise. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I, what, I actually, is I, that along the same line? Is that kind of? I. I I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, I would say like from a from a um, I'm blanking on words again. My brain decided to piss off. Um, Doug, you say words. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> pinochle. Um, 
So I'll I'll just steal the moment. I'll steal the spotlight for a second here. So kind of what they mentioned in the article is says that um, you know ultimately Hawkins surviving while Eddie ends undercut Stranger Things strongest idea for a minute in volume one it seemed like the narrative was shifting to reveal that humans are truly the most nefarious evil that small town conservatism and hatred is the real enemy one scarier than anything from the upside down which I loved in this yeah. show like, oh, yeah. the things that kind of get to me a lot in shows like this things like the mist that movie and whatever is the fear and the mob mentality that takes over right. like that is a true as we've seen on january 6th <laughs> how right. a mob can really turn and be super destructive i find that is one of the like psychological terror where people get riled up and what they turn to in the moments of panic the mist and this show really kind of tap into that a lot of its religion people tap into what what brings them comfort a lot of time it's religion and the religious folks when they they show this stuff like they just go on a witch hunt is what essentially mm -hmm. is what they do which was very terrifying so I, I did appreciate that that was i felt like that i'm like oh these people are could be just as bad if not worse than vecna as far as like mm -hmm. what they're trying yeah. to accomplish here absolutely <clears throat> instead a villain that kate bush's music cannot be chased away nor will experience full defeat but that story arc simply melted away, reframed into more of a Bad Apples plot line centered around Jason and his jock friends. The town itself morphs back into something precious, something that needs protecting, the destruction of which should make us feel sad. But anyone who is othered has not forgotten how quickly everyone rose up to band against Eddie and Hellfire. That hate was there, and it is still there. And, in a sense, it triumphs. The town gets what they wanted. Eddie is dead at the end of Stranger yeah. Things 4. And they go on. Yeah. And I felt that was a really powerful way of looking. And I think I couldn't, at the time, I was just like, his death felt hollow to me. And I couldn't figure right. out why. I think that was part of it because somehow the town got to win, you know? Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, but the part where, um, you know, uh, the kid's like, I wish, I wish the town would have gotten to know Eddie. They did get to know him. And yeah. they chose sure. to you judge know, to judge him and, and, and keep yeah. him as an other and, and stuff. And yeah, it felt kind of shitty that that's, I was like, listen, there's a lot of other characters you could have killed off that I think would have had, yeah. or that could have sacrificed that could have done, you know, there's a lot of moments where things fell short, like with, uh, with the plan, like where the, the four, three or three characters that were going into the house to shotgun him. Or whatever, like whatever was happening with them, I was like, okay, cool. So they got tangled up in some weird hentai, and then they just got held there while other people did other things. And they show up, they shoot them a couple times, they throw, throw some Molotov cocktails. Like it was very anticlimactic for me. Like it didn't have the the effect that I was hoping it would have, as they were going to sneak in and 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 fight this guy. And even the fight with Eleven and and Vecna, I thought was a little like, eh. It was okay, I guess. I don't know. I guess that was my thing is the resolution to the end of season four did not meet my expectations. And I couldn't tell you what my expectations were, but that wasn't it. <laughs> well, I think so. Symbology uh, or symbolism rather was the word. Um, there you go. Yeah. So I was every time. Have you seen Boondock Saints? Uh, once. Okay. So I loved that movie. Watched it uh, an insane amount of times. There's a line in there where someone goes, uh, so what's the symbology? And then he, they just make fun of him. So every time I'm going to say symbolism, that line gets stuck and I always say it wrong. There you go. That's that story. So uh, the symbolism, I think, is the, is the word I was going to go for. But I think, Beth, to your point, the symbolism of his death uh, or what the bat symbolized, I think I, I liked that uh, connection. If he was going to die, I thought that was 
a creative way to tie in what you had said, like he wasn't going to escape it either way. Right. But that being said, I do agree that I, it was, it was a pointless death. It was really anticlimactic. Now, Doug, to your point about uh, what you were expecting, I think the hard thing, and this is where I think uh, I'm, I'm surprised that Marvel did it so well because it can, there was a 50, 50 chance that they were going to, they were, they were just going to whiff when they brought out in game is that when you are building up to this giant, giant, giant climactic thing, expectations are at their highest peak. And as we all know, expectations breed disappointment. Anytime you have an expectation on something, you may as well be prepared to be disappointed because so rarely do our expectations get met. And so I think it, whatever the battle between those two is going to be, it's, it was going to be a really tough thing to make everyone to make it as epic as it was being built up to. Yeah. And I mean, also yeah. said, if, if you, if you are a nerd like we are, and we knew that there was one more season coming, you could kind of assume that they were going to infinity war in game this where there wasn't going to be an epic battle. You know, that was going to be a little bit of anticlimactic, the hero, all hope is lost at the end of this one. So I think the resolution on this one is exactly where it needs to be going into season five, because this is following essentially Infinity War in-game story structure. Yeah. Yeah. No? I mean... Beth, I what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Beth, <laughs> Beth, help us understand. I can't help with the Infinity and uh, Endgame. It's not what I what hear. You, it's not what the word saw, on the street for me is. What's Basically, that? Infinity War, they set they set it up where the heroes had lost, only which set up the next film where the heroes right. overcome the ultimate. They all hope is lost, and the heroes overcome that. I feel like this is following the same story structure as that. Like oh, they, they fought, they fought, yeah. they fought, they fought, they fought. We still lost, and now we have one more season to make it up. I would have to, agree, I guess, agree on a basic level because <laughs> I don't know it as deeply as you. <laughs> I know we're 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 super nerds. I don't remember birthdays, but I can tell you all about the Infinity War saga. <laughs> right. I can tell you all about it because priorities. You know, I'm just saying. I I think that I wasn't overly disappointed with the end of this one because I. I fully saw this end coming. I knew this is how they were going to end this season. So I wasn't disappointed because I expected it. That's personally. I'm trying to articulate my disappointment. I don't know if I can yet. Um, in me or in the season? Uh, I mean, Justin. <laughs> segment called Why I'm Disappointed in Justin is coming up soon. So. And we have a theme song for it. We do. It's called... <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Um, <laughs> No, I I don't know what it was. I don't know. I just I guess the expectation leading up to it, and I guess I was waiting for I guess some sort of end game situation where all the or a Lord of the Rings situation where all the components, all these different parties, these groups working together, were going to have a really strong meaning. And I don't know if it necessarily did in a lot of ways. Like okay. that's the thing that's beautiful about Lord of the Rings is that if they have so many characters that are working in tandem that don't even know that the other groups are alive and they, but they still believe and they move forward. And because of that, they're able to triumph, which is really pretty powerful. 
Um, it b- deals a lot with just believing in your, you know, your, your, your friends and things like that. And with this, it kind of happens, but at the same time, I don't know, it just seemed kind of slapped together. Um, and maybe it was just the way it was, it was cut or something about it. I don't know. Like I, again, I sound like I'm shitting on the season. I really enjoyed it. I just found yeah. the last two episodes to be lackluster <clears throat> and, you know, I, I thought the end of part one was phenomenal. Like, I was jacked. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Where are the next two episodes? Show me these next two episodes. I want to see them right now. Right. And then I wait a month. And that's also my problem, too, is I tend to cool off on these things. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing. That thing is, is here now. Like, either make me wait one a week or give it to me all at once. Um, don't, don't make me wait long periods of time in between stuff because I lose interest. Like, I don't know when season five is coming out. I'll probably be excited, but I'll also be like, oh, right. Season, right. Stranger things. They're coming. That thing. It's, 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 it's on its way, but I don't know. I think you're right. I think they they are setting it up. You know, the world is not great. You know, there's problems. Um, well, they're not problems. The upside down is bleeding into the the real world justin inflation is something that will eventually go away all right and this is just really an allegory for our economic situation and you know vecna is late stage capitalism you know that's really what this is and um it just sucks us dry and opens the door to hell so there you go um and listen things aren't great all right the world's a little dusty now you know we've got to deal with some climate change you know, it's True. happening, you know, True. and I mean, a boy melted in lava. He deserved it. Also, what a weird, what a really anticlimactic way for that piece of shit to die. He's like, I'm laying on the exact spot where the world's going to split in half. Like, ah, I melted. It's like, really? That's how, yeah, yeah, that's how he goes out. He goes out like that. That's some bullshit, man. Yeah. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to see him suffer just a little bit more. Yeah. I wanted Might to see that. Kid, yeah. I wanted to see that guy, you know. I, I wanted you know what would have been great is if Eddie had somehow saved him, right? And then Ooh, and then and then that been and good. then Jason shoots him and kills him. <laughs> That's what you call an emotional roller coaster, right there. You know. <laughs> now here, let me ask this: Here's uh, uh, would this have justified Eddie's death <clears throat> if Eddie did come out? Maybe Eddie like shot through the crack that opened up and like pulled him out of the way. And was like, I made up for it. And then a Demobat came up and killed him. And then Jason uh, evangelized him and preached and said, you know, Eddie actually was a good person. And Eddie's name got, uh, you know, uh, cleared. Would that have then made Eddie's uh, death okay? That's a tough sell for me. Okay. Because I don't believe... I mean, look... It's a horrible, horrible pitch. Oh, but. of course. But I mean, yeah, I, I think part of the problem there is just that there's no way that Eddie makes it right with, with the town. There's no way. I agree. Like they're yeah, setting their ways. They believe their truth. Nothing's going to change their mind. No act of goodwill or anything explaining. My favorite part of that, too, is like when Jason the jock walks in on Max getting, you know, demonized and he's just like, what the fuck is this? And the kid's like, hold on, let me explain. It's like, there's no explaining this. Like, this is going to fit his narrative. It's like, demons yeah. are here. Right. Look at this girl floating in the air. 
like what the shit is happening her arms are turning around like this is right. some demon shit and you're a part of it like it's 100 is confirmation bias him saying this yeah. is like yeah okay whatever y'all are fucked up like this is some bad shit you guys got going on here this is the hellfire club for sure so yeah, yeah. The, the town's not going to change their mind on anything you okay. know like i just wanted to see no, if there was a i love i love that you did i love that you theory crafted that because i that got me it got me it, it caught me thinking um what would it take to have eddie's death mean something and i think the answer is like eddie shouldn't die i think really eddie should survive if there's if we're kind of searching for justice here maybe he doesn't have a happy ending so to speak but if he survives through this and the town will never love him ever again but he finds peace somewhere else he moves away you know or whatever and he yeah. one of the things i do like about the show kind of talking about like what like max's trauma with all this i feel like was one of the only the first time we've seen the show where someone is dealing with the aftermath of everything that they've been through like these kids surprisingly cool for all the shit that they've seen right because season one okay. as children see a demigorgon one of one of the kids is is stolen by this demigorgon and his death is faked his death is faked by the government all right they go back to school the next year they dress up as ghostbusters for halloween they wander around more shit happens this kid gets possessed by some sort of fucking smoke you know season three we're like cool let's go to the mall the mall's a cool place uh wild shit comes out and tries to kill them there and there's russians these kids are remarkably normal yeah given everything well, that they've seen and poor max is the only one that's like i had to watch my brother die literally in front of me and he kind of saved my life and even though he was a huge dick to me and really my half brother from an abusive you know household like i still feel responsible i still love him and i'm dealing with the trauma from that and there's been repercussions and this other kid's like hey i made varsity that's pretty cool. Everyone else is like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, how can you all function without therapy? I mean, I know this is the eighties and shit like that, and people are like, yeah. I mean, they can't even they can't even tell their parents. Their parents right. don't even know. Like, the only adult that actually knows what's going on is Winona Ryder and Hopper, and like, yeah. those are it. everyone else is like, I don't know, man. Like, d d like this is crazy to assume that these kids are like, yeah, this, we're fine. Everything's fine. Brother and sister from the same family crazy shit has happened they don't talk about it not even to each other it doesn't seem like right you know it's like i gotta go to college you know i'm gonna be a journalist it's like uh okay you want to write about the crazy shit you've seen in your hometown dear god like how are these kids even functioning it's, it's, it's amazing they even you know graduated to high school you know <laughs> it's incredible but i digress <laughs> how are you guys doing I agree. <laughs> I agree with it all. I, Beth and I also talked about though uh, uh, Caleb McLaughlin and Sadie Sink, uh, who played so Lucas good. and Max, were fucking snubbed by not getting Emmy noms because they their performances this season. I honestly like they were those those were two of the strongest performances I think I've, I've seen in a long time. They they killed it this season. Yeah, uh, I think the acting in general was really, really solid in the show. Like, I yeah. was hundred percent engrossed. Like, I think uh, David Harbour does wonderful. Winona Ryder was great. Um, you know, Millie Bobby Brown's excellent. Like, everyone just the, the kid who plays Will, awesome. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know any of their names. 
You know, I'm just like, yeah, this, you know, thank you. You said Millie Bobby Brown. You got at least that. I said one. David Harbor. You know, you that's, that's a good one. I was like, oh, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, he's. It's a hard name to not say. There's what Guy Gaitan, Gate Gaitan, Gaten Maserati. Not yeah. Vroom vroom. Yeah, there we go. Boom. So I want to hear. I'm curious. I want to hear each of your. Uh, let's stack rank these seasons. Which, which seasons? Because I love. We this is the biggest thing we used to do with Star Wars, right? Is what, what, what order were were the best ones? And uh, I, I like to hear. I like to hear which. If you're going to put it from best to least best, I won't say worst, but just top to bottom, favorite to least favorite. All right, here we go. One, three, four, two. Next. One, three, four, two. So you put three over four. Interesting. Okay. All right. They break. They break. Beth, what are you? Where are you at with that? So chewing on it. One, four, three, two. I think I'm in the one, four, three, two camp myself. But three and four for me are at a dead heat. So one and two, one at the top, two at the bottom for sure. Because one, there was just, there wasn't anything yeah. like this show when it came out. Like this was a, not only did it like just set fire to the the, the pop culture, you know, landscape, it, it was just a great, great, unique story. It was fantastic and wonderful homages to all of us who grew up with those movies and with that lifestyle of the 80s and stuff like that was what a what a great homage, and then yeah, I, three and four were both really good. So I think yeah. I think I'm in the one one four three two camp. I feel like also I'd like to add that uh, this show is so well filmed, like it's visually very, um, yeah. it's very pleasant to look at, and also the music choices that they use that they weave in. Uh, yeah. Twice they used um, wow Peter Gabriel's version of Heroes. In the show, they did it in season one when they uh, find Will's not dead body, which what a powerful scene. That scene still sticks with me to this day where that song's playing in the background, which is just a beautiful version of that song. And, um, you know, you got a bunch of childhood friends who think they see their best friend dead, like, mm -hmm. which also talking about trauma. I mean, come yeah. on. Like, <laughs> we're not going to just gonna ignore that. They're like, I thought my best friend was dead and the government lied about it i mean these kids should trust absolutely nothing these should be yeah. the kids that grew up today they'd be like 5g man it's gonna get you it's gonna get you and um, then can we give it up for kate bush I kate mean, bush on. like what a fantastic like fantastic like way to use that song you know integrated with original score um you know master of puppets was also a nice a nice touch as well mm -hmm. Which, by the way, did you see that uh, the girl who plays Max was playing drums to Master of Puppets? No. Yeah, she cut a video of her like what? nailing it. Just like I'm like, I didn't realize you're a drummer. And she's fucking killing it. It was awesome. We're gonna watch that as soon as we're done with this podcast. Yeah. I'll tell you that it was right amazing. now. Amazing. I was like, you're fucking great. Way to go. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very All right. Fantastic. What do we want to see in season five? What's what's I want the show to uh, end. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way possible. I mean it in the it best is. way possible. This show it needs to end. They've committed. They've committed. Season five is the last one. They always said from the beginning, we have four or five seasons for this. Yeah, it needs to stop. Like at the end of every season, I'm like, okay, guys, wrap it up. Like the, this, just logically, it can't keep going. 
we can't yeah. keep having this shit happen to these people in this like we got to we've got to find a way for this to end so now i think that we kind of have the official big bad like let's 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 put it away let's have it end um let's kind of let's take it easy on the lovey-dovey shit as far as like you know will what's going on with what's her face and the two boys that like her like come on let's let's fucking knock that shit off like i'm with yeah. i'm with mashable on that one where they're like hey hey kate bush Na- or uh, nancy not kate bush nancy uh she's more than just a love interest like let's not bog her down with lovey-dovey bullshit like let's get her let's get her focused and and whatever it's fine if this is your normal relationships but not so it's like oh is she gonna be with steve or not who gives a shit fucking knock it off like let's just let's move on here and I guess people got to die. That's that. This has been a word from Doug. On to you, Beth. Uh, I I kind of want Will Byer's story resolved. Mm, yes, good call. I like. I mean, we've been following this since season one, and I just I, I don't want him to be terrorized by the upside down anymore, like or possessed <laughs> by them. Like I I was saying to Justin earlier, I'm like, I wonder if he's like kind of like a Horcrux, mm. very similar to the Harry Potter. Her- Harry Potter story like will they have to kill him in order to end the upside down because I feel like like I don't know he's like a walking antenna for the upside down and so yeah yeah or is he their greatest weapon because he can sense it he knows when they're close that's true ah but season two we already found out that the upside down used him as the spy he's no good he's unreliable (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but with same thing happened with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, right? Like he learned how to control it. He learned that eventually, like that connection served their purpose in the long run. So maybe, you know, yeah. just maybe. Yeah, I, I do agree, though. I think Will Will's I, story needs to be yeah resolved. Need, yeah, some, something ha- needs to happen there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to be very curious to see. I don't necessarily know if I want this, but I'll be curious to see if they go this route is once because one of the things that they had talked Duffers talked about is that in season four when Nancy when they're in the upside down Nancy goes for her gun and it's not there right and they're there she's like huh and they realized it got frozen in time when Will originally got brought into the upside down and the Duffers said that that is going to be a key plot element like they're, they're that is going to get answered as to why that happened in season five so my, I'm curious to see is when they finally defeat Vecna and they end the upside down or close it or whatever it may be, are they, is everything that the upside down did going to be undone? Will Barb walk back through the front door? No. Barb's dead. So. She's super dead. I, I'm, I'll never stop hoping. I mean, you can. She's like super <laughs> duper dead. We saw her body. She dead. I'm just saying. Saw her body. In the upside down, Doug. Yeah, with a fucking snake or whatever coming out of it. Like, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, it's... Uh, listen, t- when you die in the upside down, you die in real life, okay? Matrix rules. Fair. <laughs> so we'll see. Oh, we'll uh, see. We'll see, Justin. We'll see. <laughs> don't you worry. We'll see. <laughs> Doug, I don't know which theme song I need to go to. Yeah, you do. Do we have it? Because it's not in the thing. No. Well, I mean, it's not official. We have to decide probably like right now, but. Welcome to the throwdown. 
Welcome to the throwdown, y'all. It's time. Um, if this is your first time here, what are you doing? Welcome, I suppose. Uh, this is the segment of the show where we put two things into an arena. And we decide which one would survive a battle to the death. And this week, in honor of our uh, our topic, we have a couple to choose from. And I think... Because the, the, the council was like, listen, it's hard to choose. Here's a couple to choose. They're going to they're gonna let us choose, Justin. I think um, perhaps of the three that Slotty gave us, I like the one that you liked. And perhaps right. we could we could give that one a whirl. So this week's throwdown <laughs> is 11 versus Hermione Granger. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. So That's I'll say this. One. I'll say this. Hermione's at a very big disadvantage here. Do tell. Because she has to use a wand to cast magic. And we've seen Eleven tilt her head and people's neck snap. So. But. <laughs> do you think Hermione. You can cast spells to protect yourself from initial hits from things. Those spells might wear off, but it might buy Hermione just enough time. That is very true in that it, it depends on what she... I just feel like Hermione's walking around with those spells on her all the time. She's just <laughs> she's the prepared one, right? Like, she's she doesn't leave the house. Like, she does her hair. She gets dressed, pours a cup of coffee, douses herself in spells, and then walks out the door. I, I think that's a great way of looking at it. And I think you make a good point, too, because we've seen, and I'm assuming this is obviously not Hermione Granger in her first year. This is going to be Hermione Granger, like, fully realized, where we know that later on, uh, you don't actually have to say the words to cast the spells. You can cast them with your mind. Right. Um, and if you're well-practiced, which I would say Hermione is, she's been through a lot of shit, just very quickly can cast Protego, or whatever spells she wants. And we know that Eleven does take a bit of a warm-up to get going. When it comes to using her spells, she has to focus. Um, when she's in the element and the bloods are running out the nose, she can go down real fast. We've seen her do some pretty crazy, but they have she has to sort of like get her get it 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 primed to the pump and she has to get going to move to be able to do that sort of stuff. So I'd say in that moment. That gives Hermione an opportunity to be defensive or offensive, depending on how she wants to do it. Beth, what do you think? This is a toss-up toss for me. It could go either way. All right. <laughs> um, it could so go either way. It could go either way. <laughs> Beth wants to be very non-committal about it. <laughs> I mean, this is a game between two teams. I mean, it could be anyone's game. Who knows? Well, the one thing though with eleven is she like she gets exhausted, like she'll mm. exhaust herself. Um, whereas I feel like Hermione may not. That's well, a good they point. Said, they even said someone made reference to eleven being like a battery. I don't know if that was season mm -hmm. two or four, but they were like, she she loses her charge and she has to re she has right. to boost the power back up. Yeah, right. Whereas I feel like Hermione <clears throat> doesn't have that same. So I'm gonna go Hermione. Interesting. I like it. I like a decisive answer to that. Yeah, I think um, that's a good point that Eleven does have to recharge. Because um, the question here, too, is 
how effective are spells against 11? It probably Ooh. depends on what kind of spells they are because how much of her psychic powers can she use to deflect or block? But at the same time, like, I don't think telekinesis can block a polymorph spell, you know? Like, if Hermione's like, you're a ferret now, and she turns into a ferret, you know, like... Right. Does I mean, we've seen Eleven counteract other telekinesis. Mm-hmm. Force versus force. But is a spell... Yeah, like, is what type of energy is coming out of the wand, right? Is it the same as the telekinetic energy, or is it some sort of other... I mean, I have to assume it's some sort of a mystic energy, right? In order to not fall into the same trap that Marvel does in fights, I'm going to say it's two different things as opposed to being two same things. So, okay, um, I would assume How does Marvel fall into that. Well, it's like they're 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 you know the, the most of the fights between the villain and the hero are usually just like they have the same powers, like Hulk versus yeah. Abomination and Ant Man. It's like ant-man versus whatever the fuck that guy was the the hornet or whatever he was yeah whatever you know it's like a lot of that is kind of how it ends up it's you know obadiah versus uh yeah iron man versus iron man it's uh shang chi is like 10 rings versus five rings versus five rings and martial arts like it's kind of the common thing that happens with that but i i think i want to say that i think that the magic (laughs) wand is is a different property and the speed at which people can cast is pretty quick i mean i would mm-hmm. say it's pretty close to like drawing a gun like in a western mm-hmm. and firing and how quickly they can make that stuff happen again if we're talking like the arsenal the 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 things that are at hermione's disposal spell wise are incredibly right. like just there's something for every situation i mean imagine if she does a a mind spell right right just completely wipes her mind like she could do that real quick um, yeah. she could she do could create, she could create something that changes the environment mm-hmm. uh, like a reality spell where right. all of a sudden 11 seeing you know demo bats flying around her or whatever 100% um, she can obviously if she wants to go real dark just cast the death curse um, and I don't know if 11 can block that um, she could you know uh, torture her um, you know she could do imperio controller like she gets off any number of these spells. Like you get it, Doug. You know all the spells. I mean, there's Reducto. You know, there's Levy Corpus. Uh, I've just been rewatching these shows there's recently. Corpus Christi. There's Corpus Christi. There's uh, yeah. Right. There's there's all sorts of stuff. There's Wingardium Leviosa. You know, not Leviosa. You know, big difference. Um, so she she yeah. has so much at her disposal, and all she needs is a fraction of a second to pop it off. So, and Hermione is incredibly intelligent, incredibly Mm -hmm. intelligent. We see she's a great problem solver. And 11 to me is a lot like Captain America in that she's got one note, which is smash, Um, you know, and that's not her fault, right? 11 also plays on tilt too. Yes. She can can be emotionally compromised pretty, like she gets angry, like she gives into her emotions. She's very animalistic in that because that's how she was raised. She was raised essentially as a lab rat. So that's kind of what she knows. Now, to be fair, when she gets that rage up, destruction can follow. But again, she has to get there. And if, you know, and not only that, I mean, are we saying Hermione can apparate? Because if so, just... She doesn't even need a wand for that. That's, right. That's just oh, mental. God. I think I know what we're calling this one now. Yeah, it's got to be that, Hermione. That was, that was the, the, the key for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got to right. be Hermione. All right. Hermione! 
<laughs> you know, it's really funny. When I thought about this earlier today, I'm like, oh, Hermione's fucked. Because I was just yeah. thinking the next snap thing. But I was like, ah. Now the more we broke it down, I'm like, it's got to be Hermione. It's got to be the way. Yeah. That's there, yeah. This is the way. You know? This is the way. This is the way. That was awesome. So much fun. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. I feel like we I just... have more questions, so maybe I can come back. Yes, of course you can come back. Absolutely. You're always welcome to come back. We can do an in-person podcast when you come We up. could. We could do a quick one when we come hang out and we talk for hours. Um, so this is the part of the show, Beth, where we do recommendations. So if there's something you've seen, something you've read, uh, if there's music you've listened to, um, anything that you've got out there that you think... Uh, people should should check out. They can do that. You look you look frazzled, so I'm going to give I, you a second. I'm going to go to Justin first. Justin, what do you have to recommend for this week? I am. I'm going to take the easy way out here, and I'm going to say uh, Stranger Things four. Uh, if you are at this point, and you have not watched it yet. Well, jokes on you. But uh, Stranger Things four, give it a shot. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take it. There's a, there's a new show on Apple TV Plus called Loot. And it is a fun show that Beth and I have been watching. It's it's still kind of getting its legs, uh, but I do think it is it's fun. Um, what, how, how best to put it? It stars Maya Rudolph. Um, it's created by Maya Rudolph, Adam Scott, uh, Ron Funches is in it. A few other people that you would recognize by face. Uh, Alan Yang, who is a writer and producer on Parks and Rec, uh, created this with someone else. So it's in that vein of kind of like more nice comedy uh, workplace um, actors that I love. So I, I think it's uh, it's worth a watch. Don't expect it to change your life. But if you are looking for something to put on while you're cleaning, it is absolutely entertaining. <laughs> wow. What a resounding thing. Hey, guys, you want went, something? You want, some, all over the place. you want something to watch while you're doing a chore? Throw this on. It'll be impactful. Like, <laughs> gee, thanks. Um, I will, I will go next. Uh, I'm also going to kind of take the easy road. Actually, this, this is a thank you to both, uh, you know, you, you and Beth is, uh, I recommend the Adam project. Um, I watched that, uh, for family movie night with Natalie and she loved it. Absolutely yes. loved it. Yes. And, uh, I loved it as well. That was totally a, a movie I saw a trailer for and I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to see it. But Justin recommended it. And I was like, I remember asking him, like, do you think that would be good for Natalie? He's like, dude, I don't know your kid. I don't know how I can recommend shit to your child. That's kind of a weird thing to ask. Please don't ever ask that again. And uh, I was like, ah. That's what I, said. I was like, ah, you know what? After thinking about it, I'm like, this could be fun. And honestly, I got to say, there were some great moments. Like, this, there's actually some great just, like, father-son moments in that family mm -hmm. moments. And in those moments, Natalie, like, turned and, like, pulled me down and kissed my cheek. It was, like, really... Oh beautiful oh. and she's like dad i love you i'm like i love you too <laughs> mark ruffalo's a good dad he's a good dad he means well oh my god uh but it was a lot of fun not a perfect movie but but it was it was no, so much yeah. better than i thought it was going to be very entertaining and uh heartfelt and just a great movie like definitely recommend it. it's on netflix uh check it out sweet i'm so excited that i'm you and I have talked about how we build up uh, uh, recommendation equity. Yes. And I love the fact that now I'm starting to build that with Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very Absolutely. excited about that. Yeah. Because I told her, I gave you credit. I go, you know, Justin recommended this and I think it'll be fun. So we should check it out. And she's like, okay. So there we go. Beth, Beth you got something? do you got anything? 
I do. I, 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 I nerd out on some different things than the two of you. Um, I am a huge fan of like renovations and things like Ooh. that. And so there is um, these nine minute, 10 minute videos on Magnolia Network called Beach Cottages. And they're Ooh. these little short uh renovations or stories about um, how people have renovated um, homes close to the shore. So it's very well done. It's very easy, kind of like watching a wave hit the shore. So it's kind of got this easy breezy kind of quality to it. And um, yeah, I'm kind of digging that right now. Nice. So So would you say that if you were doing chores, is that something that you think would you would throw on? (laughs) And do you think that would benefit the show? Maybe. <laughs> this one might you might need to sit down and watch it. Watch it. Okay. All right. That's that. That's a level upgrade, as far as I'm concerned. Then, if you have to sit down to watch it, not just do it while you're watching chores, then you know. Cool. Good to know. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, great. Well, uh, Beth, I want to thank you again for uh, taking the time to hang out with us. This was great. Uh, thank I was you so for ex- having me. absolutely. I was so excited when like Justin goes. Beth was like. Has Doug watched Stranger Things yet? Because I need to talk to someone about it. I was like, "This is awesome!" Like, he's like, "We're gonna have her on." I was like, "Yes, we should have her on the podcast. This is perfect. We should totally do this," which is super exciting. So we're so glad to have you have you back and 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 all that jazz. Um, this was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, don't forget, gang, uh, to check us out. Us being Mind Gap uh, on all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. And please don't forget to like and subscribe, youtube.com slash MindGap Podcast. If you like what we're doing here, it means a lot to us. It's free. It supports the show. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash MindGap Podcast, merch, all that good stuff. And also do us a solid. And you know, if you're listening to this on the audio side of things, uh, rate and review. It helps us a lot. It means a lot. And check us out on Good Pods. Um, that's something I'm trying to use a lot more. It's essentially like Instagram for podcasts where you can see what other people... It's supposed to be for like indie podcasts, which, hey, that's us. Uh, you can see what other podcasts other people are listening to, kind of create a community. Check us out there. It'd be great to you know have you... You can rate every single episode, which is kind of cool. Leave comments on every single episode, which is, is really nice. So it's kind of a cool app. I like it. Um, and also don't forget uh, to follow Justin online as well on Twitter and Instagram. It's going to be at Justin underscore Michael spelled M I K E L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, make sure to check us out on Apple podcast, Stitcher, good pods, good pods, uh, pod bean on all the other ones, anywhere where you can find and consume quality podcast you can find and consume us and we'd like you to share and subscribe rate review all those things one of the big ones is sharing so please let your friends know that we exist and then uh keep an eye on all of two east eight's social medias two east eight.com and love and improv love and improv film on instagram that is the instagram account for our future film as we are barreling towards our start date on that uh, and if you are independently wealthy and would like to fund the film, please contact us and let us know that uh, we have a wonderful investment opportunity for you. Um, Beth, would you like to share social medias where people can find you or no? Great. Wonderful. Doug. Listen, I feel bad. I made the assumption on that. I was right, but that wasn't cool. I should have asked. No, no, My you apologies. Were right. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, I don't think Beth wants to share, but hey, you should have <laughs> 
I should have let you make that determination. So <laughs> anyway, with that being said, I want to th say, Beth, thanks again for stopping by. You're the best. Thank you. You thanks guys are for, awesome. Thanks for having us around. And with that said, I want to say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. I want to say, uh, chat, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.